Sorry, I'm eating potato chips. This is Jim the Keys bartender. It's, I'm starting out with a little, I guess it's ASMR. ASMR is that thing where people just listen to people doing things like pull Velcro apart. Um, let the air out of balloons and shit like that. But no, I was just starving. Sorry about that. It is a, a little stormy right now. We had a little, I'm at home. We had a little uh, thunderstorm, and my dog is freaking the fuck out. Yes, freaking the fuck out, Roxy. She does not like it, like many a dog, right? And luckily, uh, yeah, it was a nice little downpour. And fortunately, uh, when you have a sudden downpour and things like that, in different places in the United States and around the world, that spells trouble when you have a lot of rain at one time. But fortunately for me, I'm on a high point of this key, this island. So everything kind of runs off to the side and runs into the ocean or the bay. We don't get a lot of pooling around here. I may get like a three or four inch pool in my driveway. That's it. And I imagine it's going to clear up in the next hour. I want to start the day out, even though this is not directly pertaining to the keys or, and not that it ever has to, right? When it has the topics ever just stayed to be about the keys or Florida, if that, I want to start out talking about valuing work. It sounds boring. I know it does. But considering we're in a new economy, meaning there seems to be a lot of jobs for relatively fewer people, fewer capable people, if you realize that. A lot of people aren't in the job market right now. That could have been people was talking about that the unemployment kept people away from getting jobs and this and that. People scared of getting COVID. There's tons of reasons why there are more jobs and there seem to be people that want them. And that works for the restaurant business. It's really hard down here, but part of it down here is so expensive to live in the Keys. And a lot of people have been coming in buying properties and there's less places to live and the places they are left to live, the prices have gone up higher, but the pay hasn't gone up that much. I'm not complaining about that. And I'm not really complaining about anything. We are in a free market economy, meaning supply will meet demand or demand will meet supply, whatever way you want to apply it. I have a side business. I do notary work. It's mundane and boring for people, but it's a good job, a good side job. And what I did is I set up a website called Keys Notary. I have my social media and all that stuff. And what I do is I notarize documents. I do loan servicing. It's called a a signing agent where you present documents to people for title companies and mortgage brokers and things like that. Uh, I can bring, you know, witnesses to witness and notarize a will. I can officiate weddings and because I'm a notary, you have to have a somewhat, you have to have a clean 
legal background, legal history, meaning uh, virtually blank criminal record. So it kind of works that if, you know, someone needed a legal courier or someone they entrusted to do a job, that uh, they can contact me in the Keys if they need something done. Well, recently, like the rest of the world, the gig economy has come about. And there's these companies, they call loan signing, much like Uber and Uber Eats and Postmates and whatever, uh, these shopping services, these, all these gig, these gig works, these services have popped up online, these signing services. And what they do is they contact mortgage brokers, title companies, and uh, banks and say, listen, if you need a documentation services or notarization service, signing services, contact us. We have people listed that will do the job. And what they do is they give the money for the job to the signing service. And then they, the signing service takes a portion of that job and puts out a bid. And I don't know exactly what they get for it, they may take 25, 30%, but they try to offer as little money as possible to, as, as should be. It's just like an employer. It's just like a factory. Factories don't pay what people are worth. Factories pay what they can pay in order to get people to work. It's a subtle difference. You, so valuing your work is how much you're worth, how much are you worth is important. And we've all done that at work. If you're a really good worker and very conscientious, you work next to people that aren't that conscientious. And then you realize, wow, sometimes they make the same amount. Sometimes they make more. And you go, wow, I'm not valued. So these, I get phone calls because I do have a website and all these social media things. I get these calls from sometimes title companies, sometimes signing services. And I got one yesterday. And I'm not going to point them out. I'm just saying they called up and it sounded like a title company in the beginning. But then they, were, they said, I'm with Maverick. And, or I said the name of the company. But I, you don't know what it is. They said, I said, are you a signing service? Online signing service? No. But I didn't realize at the time. And I, they asked me to do a job. They gave me a little information. They said it was only for a couple things. And the price was low, but it was my first contact with the company. And so I decided to give them an introductory, you know, accept their bid. And... After the fact, I started getting more information from them. And the one thing they sent finally today, I didn't get an address on where I had to go because it's a mobile service. I have to go get documents and go someplace else, right? So here I go. I get an email today, and it turns out they have an online application. You got to download. You have to have a password and all that stuff, which a lot of companies do have. I understand that. But it looked like a signing service eventually. Now it's a signing service. 
and it had an agreement, and you have to accept an agreement. Well, the only agreement I accept from people is, I will do a job, and you will pay me. That's it. Beginning and end of story. Tell me the job you want done. I will either decide to do it or not do it. And then you will pay me when the job is done. Now, I understand when you sign up with the agreement, you agree to be paid in a month or two months or whatever. Or whatever the start of the month is. Like So, it's the today's the 10th. So, in the middle of the month, you know, we, we don't start the clock until the middle of the month. So, you don't get paid a month. Now, I'm not hard up for the cash like that, but I don't like having to keep track of things a month ahead of, you know, a month back. And I definitely don't like chasing down people for uh, money when it's an insignificant. And when they start offering these lowball items, like the, there was someone, and I told you, mentioned before, there was a field inspection. A guy was offering $20, and I told him to forget about it because I don't want to, have to chase someone down for a payment after I did a search online at the guy's service. It was in a, a remote inspection service he had that he didn't pay for 90 days. Some people never got paid. So I said, well, hell, if I'm going to, I'm not, first of all, I don't accept job for very little money. This is my choice because we are a capitalist society. Now, there must be people out there willing to take the job, right? I don't have to be one of them. And as it turns out, this signing service must have really needed me because they kept on calling me back. And I said, listen, you kind of misled me. I told, I asked you if this, you were this online entity that issued bids. I, did, I said, are you a signing service, online signing service? No. And then they go and send me a thing where they're going to issue bids and stuff like that. And I go, oh. And then I find out. And then they said, well, I said, listen, I'm not going to spend like hours preparing for a job that got screwed up by someone else. And you're going to pay the same amount you paid that person that screwed up your job. And it just seems as if, now I'm going to move away from saying anything in notary, but any job that you accept below the norm, you're like a scab. You're undervaluing yourself. First of all, it's bad for yourself. And I know there's people out there saying, I need the job, I need the job. Well, you're bringing, you ever hear the term, a rising tide raises all ship? Ships, well, it works the other way, too. A dropping tide grounds all ships. So the water goes all out. No one's afloat. And that's what seems to be happening. People are undervaluing themselves, like they do with Uber or these food delivery services or supermarket services and things like that. People are competing for the bottom. Like the job. There's some people that are at the bottom of the market. And they're desperate. So they take a job. And people start saying, well, that must be what the job is worth. And we've all heard stories of that. Someone comes in and bids on a house. Someone who's a house painter. I want to paint the outside of your house for 500 bucks, Not including paint. 
Then all of a sudden, after two weeks, they go, wait a second, it seems to be a much bigger job than I thought. They underbid the price, and they just they just ran out of steam before they really needed the money. And you get that with contractors sometimes. People come in and say, well, listen, I want 25% and another 25% while I'm doing this, which is understandable because there's time and materials, unless you're providing the materials. But then you have to pay the people, too, depending on the size of your operation, right? So I was talking to these people. I said, listen, I don't want to spend like the job you offered is a one hour job. That's a one hour pay. If you spend two hours talking to me prior and I spend an hour tracking you down for payment, that becomes a four hour job. And I just I'm losing money. I'm losing money considering I could have grabbed other jobs. And the way I view it, and the way you should view your work, if you're dependable and you show up all the time and do your job and do it correctly, and if you don't do it correctly, you address the shortcomings, that's it. So I refuse to work with signing services. It's not that they're evil. I, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I toyed around with the idea that if I had to drive 100 miles for a job, now, why not I do an Uber thing where I drive people down someplace? And I said, wait a second. I'm doing the thing that I rail against. I'm under, undercutting other people's jobs. Don't get me wrong. These people came up with brilliant business models. What they, the brilliant business, it could be morally, it's not ethically and morally wrong because ethically, if you tell people what you're going to get paid, and you live up to that. If it's a low pay, that's not a failure of business, I think. Now, morally, paying someone less than a living wage, that's deficient. And there's a fault lies. You know, you we either keep on taking the jobs, low price, like minimum wage. People say, I can't get anybody to work this minimum wage job. Yeah, because it's a shitty job. So obviously someone, the demand for the money you're offering for the job that's available doesn't, so that that's the end of my railing. And I just let that steam off. I told the people when I was on the phone, I said, listen, maybe I can get you some more money or, or short. They didn't send in more money. They said, maybe I can get you paid earlier. I said, listen, me having to explain to you how I expect to get paid is a waste of my time. Of course, when I'm done the job, if you're dealing with a company, I understand. They make agreements. Suppliers do that and stuff. That's ethical. And it's ethical for me to refuse it. Now, it's morally wrong for me to refuse a job if I accept a job knowing full well what it entails. So if you didn't tell me everything about the job, I feel no compunction about turning that down. And it's not ethically wrong. I say, you didn't tell me anything. I asked you if this was this, and you told me you left that out. And then I started seeing more hurdles, more hurdles, more hurdles. I'm not that desperate. I have another job. I work hard. I'm a bartender. I work part-time at the hospital. I'm not, I'm not a prima donna. 
eventually, if I feel I'm not valued at one job, I'll go and seek another someplace else. As my that as that is my prerogative, as it is anybody's, it's their prerogative to keep me hired or take take me on. Well, we're going to move on right now. Do you ever get tired? And working in the restaurant business, I everyone has, I guess, like you ever hear of these chain? Well, Friendlies and Chee-Chee's and Red Robin and Fridays and all these places, and they, they have these corporate places have these catchphrases or whatever they say. Listen, when you greet the customer, when you say hi, welcome, well, welcome to the Olive Garden, welcome to. The Golden Corral, come up to our trough, you know, or the feeding trough. Um, blah, blah, blah. You know, every, when someone says something like this, you say something like that. Well, working at these private places, it's almost people, sometimes they get prompted by the owner and say, listen, just say, hey, ha- hello, how are you? Welcome. You know, have a seat wherever you like. That's it. I I try to be original each time, but not... You know what I mean? You want to still be able to deliver the message. And the message is welcome. Thank you for coming in. You can have a seat anywhere. And someone will be with you shortly. So I try to mix it up. And I get a stranger in. So I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll say welcome to the catch. Hello, how are you today? Hi, my name is Jim. What can I get for you? Hello, would you like a refreshment? I leave it like that. A refreshment. Because I think that's open. That's in my head. That's a cocktail, beer, wine, soft drink, water. You know, you can drink water. People go, oh, can I have a water? And they feel apologetic. I said, if you want a cup of water, and we don't charge for that. I don't know if anybody does. I'm sure there's a couple of restaurants say, yep, it's a dollar for a glass of water. I, I've had people come in that are walking down the road. And it's real hot. They ask me and they say, listen, it's really hot outside. Can I have a cold drink? Do you want to, oh, do you want ice water? I'll give you an ice water. Sure. And they give them a cup of water. The owner doesn't seem to mind that because, you know, it's the kind thing to do. But it's always a struggle to be innovative or new with something, right? You want to be original. And you don't want to sound, hello, how are you? And wrote every time. R-O-T-E, wrote. Meaning saying the same phrase. Hi, welcome to Friendlies. Can I take your order? No. I had a friend in high school. And he had a unique phrase. Every so often. And it actually became a rote phrase from him. It, you know, came, came hackneyed. Is the thing. We kept on saying it. But I remember when he first started saying, he used to yell, bananas! Like that, bananas. And I said, you know, he could have done anything. It was a Catholic boys' school, so I guess he could have said vagina. Yell vagina or something like that. And then there was this song by, who sang that song? If you want to get high... Down underground, cocaine. I don't like, I don't like cocaine. Dun, 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 dun. And it, it was funny. We we're in high school. None of us knew what cocaine was when it was a freshman or sophomore thing. But that's all we used to say. Cocaine. Every time you say cocaine. I didn't have cocaine until I was in my 20s. But 
Yeah, there's a time when you get so bored with the same phrases. I'm not going to yell cocaine at someone. Or may I push in your stool. But there's phrases out there. It's like, hi, hello, today's my dog's birthday. Hello, the human head weighs eight pounds. Hello, how comfortable are you with this stool? Hello, have you heard the good word? It's salubrious. And they figure if you're going to, you know, they think you're going to say Jesus. Jesus loves you. Hello, you want to be my friend? That's kind of desperate. Hello, are you taking any prescription medication? I totally lifted a lot of these from like Jerry Maguire, Rain Man, all that shit. Oh, dog's birthday. That's from Pineapple Express. And there's one. Hello, I'm not the owner. Because I get a lot of people, when you when you do your job really well sometimes at these, you know, small businesses, people just assume because, I mean, it's kind of stereotypical and sexist to assume there's, I'm working with seven, eight people, and I'm the only male, and they'll come up to me and say, are you the owner? Or uh, I could go, hello, my eyes are up here. And, you know, because I, I, I kind of infer that they're staring at my crotch. Or I can put, like, Google googly eyes on my crotch and say my eyes are up here. That'd be a good one. But it's always a struggle to remain fresh. And I don't say those. I don't. I never. You know what? I'm going to probably open up with, like, hello. Today's my dog's birthday. Instead of my cat's birthday. That was from pineapples. It's my cat's birthday. And if you don't know by now, I am. I do realize it's. A wise ass, sassy kind of jerk off, sardonic, whatever, caustic kind of know it all bartender banner shit that I do. But it gets boring. You know, this, you have to entertain yourself because there's only one way to be able to respond to people that say things like, Is your food good here? Do you make good drinks? Can I get a drink here? As I stand behind a bar that has liquor bottles above it and beer taps Mm. or can I eat here now do you mean I, I, I ask them do you eat you mean can you eat where you are right now you can eat anywhere you want except maybe the kitchen or behind the bar because you're not allowed behind the bar but I just, my, my biggest fear is just to be predictable and not spontaneous. And it's not a fear, it's a fear of being bored. And just sitting there with those dead eyes that you see every time from people. Like a toll booth operator that's been there too long and they're just worn out. You know, hey. Well, there's no toll booth operator, and then, you know, eventually there'll probably be no bartenders, and probably be all robots and shit like that. So, I do try to keep it fresh. You know, I don't know, maybe I should maybe change up. I was thinking of hats because I were, some comedian was talking about how he uh, doesn't really like the cowboy hat phenomenon. Yeah, don't wear a cowboy hat. And pretend that you're not wearing a cowboy hat. You've got to be a cowboy when you're a cowboy. I always 
if I wasn't as tall as I was, I would probably wear, I would like to wear a wizard's hat and have a big fucking wand or a staff. But it's kind of tight in the bar. Ha- uh, having a a sorcerer's staff would be, you know, allow me to hold my staff. That could be taken the wrong way. Would you want, Would you hold my staff for me, young lady? No, you, you don't want to say that. So recently, and this is recently, this is, today is Friday, so Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. I had a phone call. I get phone calls that sometimes it's, it stifles and makes me pause. And the one phone call, one, two phone calls, and one phone call, the lady called up. It was two women at this time, but it's not always women. It was just a chance. I get this phone call, and I introduce myself. Hi, uh, thanks for calling the catch. This is Jim. What can I do for you? How long will it take me, these exact words, to order my food? And I was, I was like, your guess is as good as mine. I guess it would depend on how fast you order. And the person goes, what? I don't understand. Well, it's been about 15 seconds so far. Whenever you tell me your order, that will be the exact time it will take you to order. And they're like, oh, God. And I go, is everything all right? I meant, I meant. Now, if you didn't get the understanding of what you said, Across, you shouldn't be flabbergasted. What the person meant to say, if I order my food now, how long would it take? And I say, you know, we're not, it's not like fast food. You know, chicken wings take longer than, let's say, a fish basket. Right? Maybe take five minutes for a fish basket. You know, fried fish, french fries. But wings, you know, take 15, you know, take 15 minutes. You got to cook them. You got to cook them through. Do you want food that should take longer cooked faster? All you're going to end up doing is having them burnt on the outside and raw on the inside. So I sent them and said, well, it depends on what you're ordering. You know, any depending on the food, and I'm looking over at our wait times by looking at the number of orders in front of the cook, and I said, oh, 10 to 15 minutes. And person goes, great. And I said, well, figure on 15 minutes. As it turns out, these people were heading back from Key West after Labor Day weekend. And... They were gauging, they wanted their food to be ready when they arrived, which is a noble, a noble endeavor, trying to time it. See, I had food, but I mean, they're going to have to eat their food while they're driving, so they're really not taking time. So they ended up coming and the food was ready in 13 minutes, right in between that. So we're fine. Then I get a second call, almost immediately after these people picked up their food. And the second call was, it, it's 2.15, let's say. And the woman calls up and said, listen, I'd like to place a takeout order. And they tell me the takeout order. 
And they said, we're going to be there in three hours. And I said, your food is going to be very cold in three hours. It's going to be exactly at room temperature. And the person said, I don't want to order it now. And I go, hmm, okay. She must have a, I'm thinking in my head, you must have a very specific type of narcolepsy. That I'm going to fall asleep for two hours and 45 minutes. And then I'm going to wake up at five and I'm going to go and get my food. So the person says, I'd like to pick it up at 5.15. And I said, okay, okay. Now, in my head, now that set me back. That sent me back incredibly. I'm going like this. What in the world is this person? Person, uh, they heard, people overheard me taking the order. And they go, maybe the person's in the military. I said, oh, you think they're doing a, a airborne drop on Key Largo today? No. Um... I mean, they just, they're playing ahead. And they go, you know what would be really playing? They should have set their alarm for 5 o'clock and ordered their food right then. Because you know what? We are not high, high tech. They must be used to ordering from Domino's online. When would you like the pizza? You know, in four hours, five hours? Why would you order a pizza four hours before you need it? Unless you're ordering like 20 pizzas. I understand if you're ordering 20 pizzas. So you're ordering food for like 40 people. Can you do, I need a catering job done. Can you do it today? Can you have food ready for 25 people? You know, a small place is not as nimble as a big place, but they would they would probably do it. But this two item order just throw me for a loop. And I just thought, Either this person has plenty of time or they have a very, let's say they were perhaps, they were watching a movie and they don't feel as comfortable being able to pause the movie. You know, they say, I don't know, I don't understand the buttons there, but I do know how to order food and I can order it I'll, you know, why not order, why didn't you order it yesterday? Three hours. It's just so low tech. I mean, if it got busy, I mean, I could foresee a thing where I forget the place to order. I leave the piece of paper there and I said, this has to be ready yet. You know, this has to be, I set my alarm. This is what I did. I set my alarm on my phone. The place to order. So when my alarm go off, I, oh, there's the order. I'm going to take it. You know, people don't know this. And I didn't let the lady know that I thought that was highly unusual. I wanted to ask, why Why do you want, are you, why do you want to place your order three hours earlier? You know, very specific. It's like I'm going to, it's like if you're a murderer or something like that, I'm coming to your house at six o'clock and I'm going to kill you. Really? Well, I'm not going to be there at 6 o'clock. We've had people order at night. And I say, listen, they, they, people call up. So, Am I too late to order? No, no, no. Uh, we are uh, 
closing in 10 minutes, but you can order up until the time we close, until the kitchen closes, and they'll cook your food. They won't you know, stop cooking your food at, at the time. So let's say it's 9 o'clock. And people say, well, when can I pick it up? And he said, well, you should pick it up when it's done. Right? Like everyone else, right? What if I can't get there till 10.30? And he said, well, that's going to be a problem. We may not be here. You're not going to be there for an hour and a half after you're close? And go, when do you leave work? Do you, I mean, are you, if you're done at 5 o'clock, are you, are you still there till 6.30? When, you, when you're done your job? And people go, wow, it's, it's, a, it's a restaurant. Yep, it's a restaurant. That's correct. And I'll wait for them to think the whole thing through and say, well, people hang out and stuff like that. Yeah, but not necessarily, but we don't like having to hang around an extra half hour because someone decided. And they go, oh. And I go, are you traveling? Is it, maybe we could put it someplace and we could accept the payment? Not that we accept the online payment. And they go, no, I'm right around the corner. I'm like, okay, you got me on that. You win. You win the day. I want to pick, I want to order my food now and I want to pick it up an hour and a half. I want it to be room temperature. Okay. Well, that's all I have. We talked about valuing your work. We talked about some crazy phone calls. I do like uh, to remind you, if you do like the show, please share this with your friends. This is episode 501. And if you have any messages for me, uh, I'd like to... Um, thank all the messages I have congratulations I got for the 500th anniversary I do appreciate it and all the listeners if you do like the show please share it with your friends if you have any thoughts on what we talked about you know where to send your messages to it's jim at keysbartender.com and if you're looking yeah if you I can I wonder as a notary I mean, I do advertise I might as well do my own advertising I have if you're going to be in the keys and you think about you want to get married or anything like that, check the, you know, you have to get your license, your Florida license. You can apply for it anywhere. and But I can perform the ceremony. And if you are a listener of the show and you could demonstrate that you're a listener of the show, I would be happy, happy, at a time that's mutual, agreeable to us, to perform the ceremony gratis. And I'm going to have to say, I'm going to put a time limit on that. Because it's going to get, if if the show, let's say it accidentally gets popular. I don't want to have to do 100 of them. But if you, in the next two months, if you'd like to get married, I will perform the show. If you're a legitimately a listener of the show and demonstrate it, I will be happy to perform your ceremony for free. Okay? And I'll do that, you know, pre- thing council and all that stuff but if you have any friends send them to me to get get married i don't care i do i do uh uh, same-sex marriages regular marriage you know all that stuff Uh, i haven't done a nude one yet i don't think i'd do it nude because i think that would be against i don't know if that would be against my notary commission if it would if it was against it, I wouldn't do it. But if I could, I'd think about doing it. But you'd have to be new too. And all your all your guests. All right? So, 
I don't know where I came from that, but I had to cover my bases because I know about valuing work right now. Um, So if you have any questions, please send them to Jim at KeysBartender.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Please share with your friends. And if you are in Key Largo, come by the Catch Restaurant in Key Largo, My Marker 102, to see me. Thank you very much. And drop a line before I get there so you know I'm there. You know, a day or two before, I'll make sure. I'm right around the corner, so if you tell me when you're coming, uh, there's a good chance I can stop by and visit and say hello. And if you do stop in to catch, make sure you tell the people there that uh, you're a listener of the podcast. And you came here. You came there because of listening. And I told you the food was good, right? So take care, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.